Welcome to episode 499 of Salcedo Paranormal. And tonight I'm sharing true paranormal stories from the web. As always, you can find all episodes of the show. Oh, I think I messed up. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure if I did or not. One moment, please. Uh, looking at this here. Okay, no, I did not. All right. Uh, well, anyway, <laughs> um, this is for episode 499. And uh, tonight I'm sharing true paranormal stories from the web. Sorry about that. As always, you can find all episodes of the show, along with links to social media and other ways to contact me at the podcast page. And that is uh, salcedoparanormal.podbean.com. That's S-A-L-S-I-D-O paranormal.podbean.com. Always happy to hear from you all, whether you have comments or questions or topic suggestions or stories of paranormal experiences whether they're your own or from others that you trust. Happy to either read those or have you join me on the show to talk about them. Thank you all for listening, whether you are here for the live streams on Discord or if you uh, listen to the podcast or YouTube feeds or the Trouble Minds Radio Network, KUAP, Digital Broadcasting. There you can hear replays of two episodes of the show every night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right before Trouble Minds Radio comes on. As always, I want to thank Michael Strange, host of Trouble Minds Radio, as well as Liam Martin, host of the Exile Minds podcast, uh, for producing the shows and putting them up on the station as you hear them there with all the music and everything. If you'd like to support the show, there are some different ways to do that. You can always share the show with others and rate and review it on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, you can also find uh, paranormal fiction and nonfiction books I've written over on Amazon. And I have a Patreon page where there is uh, content there. Just one episode for now, more to come, uh, probably in November. And uh, there you can sign up for any level, uh, any membership tier level there, and get that content over there as well and help out the show in that way. Or you can just make a one-time donation to the show through PayPal or Venmo. Uh, as there are expenses um, in making the show, I, I appreciate your help. I never expect it, but there are, uh, if you would like to help, that'd be amazing. There are always expenses in making these shows, uh, from research material to equipment to travel expenses. Uh, in about a couple of weeks, two weeks, two and a half weeks, I will be going to the Mid-Michigan Paracon, November 4th and 5th of this year. That's uh, Saturday and Sunday. And uh, to listen to all the presentations and uh, hopefully meet a, a lot of people there and uh, make some audio recordings of myself and anyone else that wants to join me talking all about the paranormal and, uh, and then experiences as well, if, if you'd like. And I'll be sharing those on future shows once I get back home. And uh, I think that covers just about everything. Sorry for the awkward start there. I thought I had uh, messed up the recording, but um, it looks like everything is okay. So that's a good thing. Um, so I think I can get to the stories now, and, uh, we'll go from there. So, let me see here. Get to the file. Uh, this first story says, This happened last year, around September or October, while I was working as a security guard in a major city in Michigan. The site is usually quiet, and I am used to the surroundings. During the evening shift, I saw something unusual on a camera while I was reading a book. 
I saw lights that appeared to be floating back and forth uh, in the camera's view. I was alone at the time. At first, I considered it might be a bug on the camera or something else. I investigated, but found nothing in the room. The camera showed nothing when I returned to my station. I brushed off this incident and continued on my routine. Forty minutes later, the hovering lights re reappeared. I walked back to check again, but still couldn't explain the incident. And that's where that one ends. It's amazing how many stories... They, they they show up every here and there every once in a while here and there. How many stories uh you can find about people that are in that kind of position working security in a place and um and sometimes it's things they see in person, sometimes it's things like this where they see something on a camera and then they go to try to figure it out and then they can't. I think my favorite example of that from a while ago is a story I, I shared in the show about uh someone working in in um in the office of a hotel and they kept on seeing this this uh mass of darkness moving around their hotel lobby when it was late really late at night no one was in the area at all i think it was a lobby either way it was part of this hotel and they 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 can only see it on the camera when they went and looked in the room there's nothing but uh it was showing up on the camera and it was apparently too big for it to be just a bug or anything like that, um, if I remember right. So, but yeah, these stories of, of sightings through cameras or through devices, or even just sightings from people that work security are always amazing. And I, I, um, I feel like that's just, I wonder just how many stories there are like that that don't ever, that never get shared. So, um, I wonder about the history of the place, of course, but, uh, Beyond that, sounds like they were seeing something there going on. Um, so, yeah, I think that's all for that one. Uh, moving on to the next story here. This one says, I recently came back from college to visit my mom in Philadelphia. I've always loved jogging through a local cemetery near where she lives. So I uh, decided to do that again while there. I enjoyed the quiet and peaceful atmosphere with sounds of nature. It was dusk one day when I was jogging on a small service road that leads to another nearby cemetery. There was 100 yards of uncut grassland, grassland and weeds on either side of the road with dense forests ahead. I saw a girl in her mid to late teens sitting on a dead log near the road, wearing 70s-style clothing. She didn't initially acknowledge me, instead facing the dark woods. I said hello as I passed, and she turned toward me. Her face was unusual, with large eyes, a tiny nose, small mouth, and pale skin. Her eyes were white and blue, with dark rings around the irises. A strange force hit my perception when I locked eyes, making everything detailed and surreal. Time seemed to slow down. 
and I lost the sounds of my own footsteps and crickets along with all the other sounds of nature. I turned around after a few seconds, but the girl had dis disappeared, leaving only the, the dead log. I checked the area, but found no sign of her. I felt the sense of being watched and had a chilling experience. I ran home as fast as at a, at a fast pace. There we go. Never wanting to jog through that area again, and that's where the story ends. And I don't blame them there. Um, I wonder. It sounds almost alien-like in a way. Um, maybe not for sure, but doesn't sound like a uh, a regular person with the eyes being that way. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm mistaken on that. I really normally can't see eyes very well on people, but um, just because of my low vision, ironic enough there. But um, just the feeling that they got even is is odd as well. It seems like I wonder what could cause that if it was just a regular person sitting on a log. Um, if that was the case and then they just got up and left while this the writer somehow went into some weird state of consciousness, I don't know. Uh, but it seems odd for that to happen right at that moment. Uh, but um, so if that was, but if that was any kind of paranormal at all, that is an amazing experience. I don't blame the the writer there for not wanting to have that again, though, because it does sound like this other figure was didn't look like a regular person in a way. It does sound almost alien-like to me, anyway, and I wonder. About that, I've heard of similar stories of people who encounter aliens, and of course, not in every case, but when they encounter things that they creatures that they seem to think it might be alien, they have that there is that weird um, sense of reality being different or their consciousness being different. Uh, they're they're in some kind of daze or trance or whatever for a moment, uh, or things seem to be just be different around them. So, but yeah, I don't know what they saw, but that's um, that's an amazing thing, and it makes me wonder about that too. With uh, people, a lot of people, I think, always associate sort of any kind of alien to be out there on a spaceship, uh, whether it's out there in the sky or landing or taking off. But um, uh, this is not the first time I've had a story on the show about people seeing something that they either hint at or will, in some cases, will directly say, seem to be an alien, and it, there is no ship around it. So then does that mean it's not from some other planet somewhere else? Um, I've always wondered about that possibility. So really neat story there, and um, I'd be curious about that road and the history of that road, and if uh, anyone else have has had any weird experiences there. Of course, the writer doesn't... Uh, Name the road. Sounds like it is a minor road anyway. So it may not be easy to sort of figure out what's going on there, but that I would definitely be curious about the history of that area as well with um, whatever is going on. I wonder, um, again, whether it was just a one-time experience or there was many experiences there by many people. Either way is fascinating for different reasons. So moving on to the... Next story here. 
And uh, let me see. Okay. So this next story, uh, I got to scroll down. Okay. This one says, I live in a small coastal village in Dublin, Ireland. And I for, forgive me if I said that wrong. Uh, where everyone knows each other and the history of the area. I grew up in the village and never felt afraid walking alone at night until recently. I live near the local park, a two-minute walk away. To reach the park, there's a laneway with a gate. I wonder if they mean like a pathway. I don't know for sure. It says, I took the dog out uh, for a late-night walk around 12.30 a.m. I spotted a strange figure in the distance, moving oddly and holding a plastic shopping bag. The dog reacted by stopping and raising its ears. I approached the gated park entrance, but the figure, a hunched-over woman, walked through the gate. When I reached the gate, it was locked and chained. I also noticed an unusual smell. Not a stench, but more like dampness. I felt scared, with the hairs on the back of my neck standing up on end, and hurried home. I shared the experience with my mother, who didn't take it seriously. Later, I told a friend and her mother, who confirmed that many locals have seen the old woman with the shopping bag in the laneway for years. The apparition is considered harmless, possibly a lost soul trying to return home with, a, with her shopping. I now take an alternate, uh, alternative longer route to the park and avoid going there at night. And that's the end of that story. Again, with these experiences, this time it sounds a lot more like uh, sort of a traditional image or uh, appearance or apparition of a of a ghost or a spirit. Um, the the um, the dampness is odd. I haven't heard of that too much with apparitions overall, so I don't know what that means. But also, I wonder what what kind of waterways are there. Of course, um, now thanks to a good friend of the show, uh, Derek, who is going to be on soon again. So probably around it looks like tomorrow night, I believe, as we're recording. I'm recording this um, for episode 500. But um, I wonder about waterways through the area. Uh, it is on the coast, they said, so that could be something. But the point there is, is this figure coming from sort of somewhere that there's a lot of water and somehow it is connecting with this apparition, whatever it is made of? Is there some kind of, just barely any, but some kind of solid bit there uh, that that is sort of at the center of the apparition that the water somehow attaches to? Uh, I don't know. But, um, again, everything there seems like almost like a traditional ghost story, except for the, that, uh, that, that dampness, that, that smell. Although, 
I'm wondering. Yeah, I just I don't know what to make of that really. But um, but also again, obviously, it's amazing that people there in the area, once the writer started started telling people about it, they they knew what they were talking about. They knew what the writer was talking about. And many people have seen her before in that same area. So that's always amazing when you can get that kind of um, verification. And it doesn't happen all the time. Uh, I, I don't really feel qualified to give a percentage on, the, on how often it does happen, but uh, it, it's not. this is not the first time I've heard of a similar story. I guess it would be, as far as what I've covered, it's not super common. But it's not unheard of either. I feel like I've heard a few stories, read a few stories, where people in the area sort of know what the what the person that had experience is talking about. But it's not, by no means, is it every case or most cases that I've read about. So, um, so yeah, that's just really amazing there. That story and going through the lock gate. That's that's uh that tells you right there. That's not a regular person. So. Uh, I wonder what they're what it is about gates, um, and especially when they're made of metal, if that sort of plays how that affects everything too. So just a sort of a side thought there. But uh, anyway, moving on to the next story here. Uh, let's see. Gotta go back to the file. There we go. So um, this one says. There is a cabin in the woods on a property next to my family's own property in the California foothills. It has been abandoned for a long time, uh, undiscovered by myself until a couple of years ago. It has been uninhabited for 20 years. The last resident passed away in the house. Someone would visit every so often and collect historical artifacts, maps, and records from the area. The new property owner intends to return the property and nearby properties to protected uh, forest. So I guess let basically remove the cabins and everything. I'm guessing there. Uh, it says, as soon as they made this known to the public, strange things started happening there. The cabin was found disheveled, disheveled, I have a hard time with that word, as if a strong wind blew, uh, blew inside. Papers, photos, maps, and other items were strewn across the floor. There were no known trespassers, as the cabin is isolated and inaccessible. It happened multiple times despite increased security measures. Nothing else in the area was disturbed, only the cabin's interior. No similar incidents in any nearby sheds. The property is forested and borders a large national forest of 20 acres. There were not any animal signs or tracks to indicate a creature was responsible. What entity or force could be behind all of this? And that's where the story ends. Uh, I wonder with that, if there is some consciousness, some ghost or soul or spirit there, 
however that works, if they heard the um, the new property owner sort of talking about wanting to get rid of the cabin and other cabins, other houses in the area, I wonder if that's sort of their way of showing that they're not happy with that. That's the first thing that came to mind when I read that story. Um, and of course, it's hard to say, but also I think it's amazing in that it only happened inside that cabin, but there was no sign of anyone ever breaking in or any animals ever breaking in. So that's where my mind goes with that. But um, I don't know. It's really, unless some, again, to me it all comes down to some force or some consciousness in there moving things around. And, of course, I, I just sort of explained where my mind goes to right away. But then also, if there's some something there, someone there, that sees this person coming in and going out, maybe they're just trying to get attention for whatever reason. Or they're trying to, uh, I wonder about this sometimes, if they're trying to continue their life as before. And they're trying to pick up things, but they're just being dropped. Uh, because they're they're not able to pick them up for whatever reason, or at least not hold on to them. And so it almost looks like there was this wind that went through the house, but then maybe that is not the case. It's really hard to know with... It's sort of a paranormal locked door mystery right there, um, in that there's no signs of anyone breaking in, but you still have things happening while there's not anyone there. Unless there's some way to get into the house that the property owner now is completely unaware of. But if it's just a regular cabin, then I'd be very surprised if that was the case. So, uh, amazing story there. I wonder about um, what happened with that property after it was all done. So, um, I don't think we have enough time to go through the last story here. So I think I'm going to leave that for another time for the next one of these shows. But um, these stories, especially the couple about, about the um, the people that were taking walks, there are so many of those stories. And uh, that's amazing to me how the, all the different things people have experiences with while they're out walking or even driving. But, um, but again, just really amazing stories there. And, uh, yeah, I really wonder about the, the what, what happens or what became – or what will become of that property in that last story. Um, if those places do get taken down, will there still be paranormal activity on the site? Um, that's always a question to me. And, um, of course, would it be noticed, or what would it be, once you get rid of the house and all the material in the house, would people have any experiences at all? That's a question as well, I think. So um, thank you all for listening. I'm really looking forward to, again, the next episode of the show. It's going to be episode 500. Can't believe we're already getting there. And uh, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Going to have Derek, uh, also known as the Night Stalker, uh, S-T-O-C-K-E-R, on with me. And we're just going to talk about whatever uh, we are currently thinking about in the paranormal. So it's going to be a conversation. But that's going to do it for tonight. Thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you all on the next episode of Salcedo Paranormal.
Take care.